Oh boy, what a show we have today. Uh, possibly the most annoying show ever. Just be pre-warned. Uh, a couple of characters coming in here today that I personally would shoot if I had the chance. I don't even want to tell you who they are because just mentioning them makes me sick. So let's move on. They're going to be here. I'm going to be talking about pilot season, which is the time of year in Hollywood when all the sitcoms and new shows get cast. I'm going to be uh, talking about St. Patrick's Day because today is the day. I'm going to be talking about the history of the day, the history of St. Patrick himself. And we're going to be talking about uh, speaking, what I'm doing right now. And we're going to be talking about how some people aren't good speakers like some of the news anchors on TV. But hopefully you think, I'm a good speaker, because here we go. We're getting ready to go down the Holland Highway right now. Welcome to the Holland Highway. (laughs) You just made a wrong turn. Onto the Harlan Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harlan Highway. Hi, Harlan. I'm Teddy Ruxpin, and I'm your friend. Riding down the Harlan Highway. I'm not your daddy. Harlan Williams here, rolling with you on the Harlan Highway. You know, we try to provide solid entertainment here. We try to have stellar guests on the show. And I guess we had someone on the show that really uh, rubbed people the wrong way. We got tons of letters and emails. I mean, people hated this guy. I don't know. I mean, I didn't like him much either, but he wasn't that bad. I mean, I had this uh, leprechaun in so last week, we uh, decided to interview a real live... Le- Hold on, there's someone at my door. Who is it? Well, shiver me timbers and roll me in the clover. Shorty dorky florky dorky dorky Oh my god, what are you doing here? Well, I thought I heard you say my name, the leprechaun, Skinky's McGinty. And here I am, shorty dorky florky dorky Okay, you know what? No one invited you here. I just appear magically when I hear my name, Skinky's McGinty the Leprechaun. Sklarty darty glarty. Yeah, okay, listen, buddy. The point I was making is no one really liked you, and you offended a lot of people. Well, shiver me timbers. Yeah, and shiver me timbers is not Irish, okay? That's something pirates say. Well, swap the deck and land ho. Slarky, darky, slarky. All right, dude. Look, I can see why people hate you, and... Well, if people are going to hate me, I'll put a curse on y'all. Oh, you're going to put a curse on us. And what, pray tell, will that be? I'll make an appearance on your cheesy-ass show once a week, and slarky, darky, slarky, darky, slarky, slarky, darky, slarky, darky. All right, get out of here. Darkity, slarky, slarky, darky. Get out of here. Take your curled up curly elf shoes with you. Get out of here. Skinky's McGinty. Great. Now we're cursed. This guy's going to show up once a week with his Irish crap. Way to go, people. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for complaining. You see what complaining gets you? It just gets you more of the same. We're unlucky here. On the Harland Highway. I'll bring you lots of luck, Slarky Darky. I'm a lucky leprechaun, Slarky Darky. Wow, that guy is aggravating, to say the least. Oh, 
Well, it's a good thing St. Patrick's only comes around once a year, right? Because uh, that freak could really start to grind my gearbox. <clears throat> um, but I'll tell you what, I got I to gotta share a little story with you here. Um, I'll tell you something else that, that can grind the gearbox. It can be uh, tense, nerve-wracking, even worse than a cranky leprechaun. Um, they have a thing here in Hollywood called pilot season, and it's not its not like a strawberry festival at the airport, okay? Pilot season is a block of time, usually between like uh, mid-January to, I don't know, the end of March maybe, maybe middle of May at the latest, where television networks... Um, get all their pilots, their new shows together, and they start casting them all over Hollywood, right? And it can be a very busy time of year, especially if you're a popular actor. I mean, you can get called from pilot to pilot to pilot, sometimes two, three in a day. Um, You can find yourself running all over the city, trying to memorize scripts, trying to memorize lines. So for people that think, you know, it's easy for actors. It It's not. You are under a lot of stress. You're running around. You're trying to remember a bunch of different scripts. You're trying to get off book, which means memorize your lines. Um, And it's a panic. But what happens with the pilot process so that you can get on a sitcom or a, an hour-long drama or whatever the show is, you go in for that initial read. Okay, and then if they like you, you know, you go home for a few days. If they like you, then they, the producers call you back. Then you go back and read again for more people involved. All right, and again, this is you standing in a room. You walk into a cold room where casting people and directors and writers and producers are all squished together on a couch and on chairs. There, there can be anywhere from... Four to 12 people in that room. And you just walk in that door, and they don't really have the time or the patience to be all coddly and cuddly. And how's it going? What are you doing? You know, they, they, they do their best, but they just see person after person, so they run out of time for that. So you're pretty much walking into this room, and there's some some kid, you know, with zits or something running a video camera. And then there's the casting director who reads with you, and he or she may be a man or a woman, even though the character you're supposed to be reading with is a a man or a woman. They don't care. You could be having a big scene with a dude, and you're sitting there with the female casting person. So there's all these elements that come into play that make it nerve-wracking, horrifying, uncomfortable, um, weird... It's just probably one of the most horrible things in the world. Uh, the the auditioning process. You gotta, as an actor, you gotta find ways to almost make it enjoyable for yourself, amuse yourself, have fun with it. But it is nerve wracking. It is like standing in front of the firing squad with everything there but the bullets. And believe me, if looks could kill, some of the looks you get from various people in the room they those looks are as piercing as bullets
All right, so then you do that initial read, and like I said, if they like you, they call you back. Then you got to go all the way back, sometimes drive all the way across L.A. You go in, and you read again for more people. And then you could go in a third time, a fourth time. Usually it's usually about two. But then uh, if they like you, you sometimes have to do a work session with the whole group. They bring you in and try to tweak things that you did. But then what they do is they test you at the studio. Okay, now a studio is like Warner Brothers or Fox or Sony. A studio is just half the equation of the pilot process or the the show process. Um, the studio are the people that, you know, help finance um, and so on and so forth. So... So when you uh, test, when they, when everyone's signed off that you're the guy, then they test you, and testing means you now go in and read yet another time, but this time it's in front of all the important studio executives that basically say nay or yay if you're going to keep going. And it's usually in a little theater at a studio, and now there's about like 20, 25 people in there. And... It couldn't be more nerve-wracking because now the stakes are ratcheted up. And just to make it even more intimidating, before you go in and read for the studio, they present you with your contracts, a six-year contract, should the thing go to a series. So they make you sign your life away, you sign for your fee, you sign for this, you sign for that. So now you've signed for this thing before you go in. So it feels like it's a done deal, but it's not. Because you're not the only one going in. When you test, you're usually like the cream of the crop, and they whittle it down to like three or four people per role. So now they've got you out in the lobby, signing your deals in front of the other actors that you're competing against, and you're all kind of looking at each other, sizing each other up, Wondering who's going to do what. I mean, it is just crazy. It is crazy. So, again, before you think about becoming an actor, if, if you know, I hope I'm giving you a little bit of behind-the-scenes information about how it all works, how nerve-wracking it is, how difficult it is. Okay, and then after all that, they may choose to screen test you. So let's say the studio is Sony, they like you, and they go, okay, we really like them, now we want to put them on camera for real. So then they put, set up some nice cameras, and they screen test you to see how you read on camera. Okay, so let's say that's done. So now you've done the studio, you've done the screen test, now you have to go to the network, which is, you all know them, Fox, NBC, CBS, uh, you know, all those big television studios. So now you have to do everything you've already done, and now you have to do it all again in another room full of about 20, 30 people. And these are all the big top executives from the television network. And so now you're being judged and watched by them, and then if they like you, is this getting long-winded or what? If they like you, then you're through, and that's it. That's the final hoop. You're done. Although, 
They could shoot the pilot and then realize they don't really like you and fire you and bring in someone new, which, believe it or not, happens all the time. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because all this that I just told you happened to me in the last, like, 38 hours. The last two days, I have been running from studio to studio, testing, screen testing, signing deals, reading for everybody. Oh, and I still have a few more hoops to go. Oh, and you can hear it, my voice. It is hard. It's kind of exciting. It's hard. It's a challenge. I mean, what in life isn't, but if you squeak through, it is like winning the lottery. I've been on a few sitcoms where I've made it through, and uh, man, oh, man. So there you go. There's my little story, and uh, I say since it's since, since it's St. Patrick's Day, maybe I will have some Irish luck, and you will see me on a sitcom next season, or maybe we could have bad luck, and that damn leprechaun could come back into the studio right about now. Oh, my God. I really don't want this guest in here again, but it is St. Patty's Day this weekend. I guess if I have him now, I don't ever have to see him again. So here he is for the last time before St. Patty's Day. It's this leprechaun guy that's been coming in. Shiver me timbers, furly glorkly, storkly florkly. Okay, are you going to start in with that leprechaun talk right away? Me over in a four-leaf clover. Shlorkly, florkly, clorkly, clorkly. All right, come on, man. Can we just talk mano o mano and you can knock off the Irish gibberish? Surely you're not talking about my gibberish in a way that makes me feel like I'm all gibberishy, gibberishy, shlorkly, florkly, gibberishly orky. Oh, come on, man. Wait a minute. Yes, shlorkly? Wait, wait a minute, what's, what's that seam on the side of your face? Shiver me timbers, I don't know what you're talking about there, Sorkly. Wait a minute, come here. What is, what is this, a rubber mask? What the hell? Who the hell's under here? Oh my god. Hi, I'm Cinnamon Boy. Oh, you little weasel. I love cinnamon. So it was you under here the whole time pretending you're a leprechaun. My name's Cinnamon Boy, and I love cinnamon. Schlorkty, flarkty, schlorkty, clarkly. Oh, this tops it all. Get out of here, you freak. Schlorkty, flarkly, schlorkly, flarkly, cinnamon, winnamon, cinnamon, Get out of here, Cinnamon Boy, you freak. Unbelievable. Guy's been coming here all week disguised as a leprechaun. Gotta talk to security at this place. Unbelievable. I can't even... I'm cinnamon, but... Get out of here! Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. Hope it's better than mine. Shiver me timbers! Larky, larky, Get out of here! Okay, well, I think maybe uh, it's important that since it is you know, St. Patrick's Day, that I actually, you know, inform you of what the day is, a little bit of the history of the day. Um, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated on March 17th, obviously, his religious feast day and the anniversary of his death in the 5th century. So I guess St. Patrick was a guy, obviously, I don't know the history behind him. I'm just talking about the day, so maybe I should find out about him. 
Um, the Irish have, have observed this day as a religious holiday for over a thousand years. What the hell? A thousand years? How old are these Irish people, man? The United States isn't even 300 years. The hell? Um, the day falls during the Christian season of Lent. Irish families would traditionally attend church in the morning and celebrate in the afternoon. Lenten prohibitions against the consumption of meat were waived, and the people would dance, drink, and feast on the traditional meal of Irish bacon and cabbage. So I guess the day after St. Patrick's Day is St. Fart Day. How was your St. Patrick's Day there, Jimmy? (laughs) Ooh, mine too. Just wonderful. There's the old Irish bacon and cabbage. So there you go, a little bit of history. Um, And later in the show, I'll actually find out a little bit about St. Patrick himself and give you that information, just so you're in the know. I know a lot of you might not be Irish, but come on. Let's celebrate all the cultures here. Okay, let's uh, let's pretend we care. You know, going to McDonald's and getting a shamrock shake is not sharing St. Patrick's Day. Let's get a little knowledge under our belts, and I'll do some research. In the meantime, check this out. Hello, welcome to Annunciation 307. Today we will be focusing on the word roast beef. Let's say it all together, shall we? Roast beef. Again, roast beef. Say it like you mean it. Roast beef. Roast beef. One more time, please. Roast beef. Roast beef. Really drag it out this time, people. A roast a beef. A roast a beef. And put a little song in it this time, shall we? A roast beef. A roast beef. With a little flair, people. A roast a beef. A roast a beef. And one last time for good measure before we finish up. A roast beef. Roast beef. Very good. Thank you for attending. We'll catch you next time when we'll work on the words Brussels sprout. It's the Holland Highway. Okay, here we go. Here we go. A little information on good old St. Patrick. St. Patrick was the patron saint of Ireland. He's one of Christianity's most widely known figures. But for all his celebrity, his life remains somewhat of a mystery. Yeah, I I didn't really know what his day-to-day routine was. Many of the stories traditionally associated with St. Patrick, including the famous account of him banishing all the snakes from from Ireland, are false. The product of hundreds of years of exaggerated storytelling. That's kind of weird, you know, banishing snakes from Ireland. I mean, how many possible breeds of snakes can there be on that island? 
Imagine that. How do you banish all? All right, all of you, I see you. You there hiding in the grass. You there coiled around those mushrooms. I see you. You up in the pine tree. Come on down. You're all banished. What? No way. Yes, you're all banished. Boo. Don't hiss at me. Boo. You're all off the island. I'm St. Patrick. Boo. You suck, man. I said stop hissing at me. Come on, you two. You two hiding in the old pail. Off with you. I don't know. That's not very nice. Did you notice I was stumbling my lines there as as I was reading? Isn't that annoying? I annoyed myself. It's like, how hard is it to read lines off a page? Yet somehow I failed miserably there. I was like, the patron saint of Ireland. I, patron Ireland. Okay, me it's okay. I don't get paid to read off the page. One One of the aspects of news that drives me insane. And I have to say there's a lot more of it on cable news than there is on network news. Oh, these newscasters that cannot get through a segment without slurring a word, mispronouncing a word, screwing up a word, screwing up a sentence, stuttering, fumbling... I mean, that is what you're paid for, really. You don't create the news. You don't make the news. You don't make the graphics. You really are just there to read when you're an anchor, okay? Read off the teleprompter. There is nothing easier than reading off a teleprompter. There are certain news anchors that are just, they're so bad I can't watch them. There's a guy on Fox named Shepard Smith, charismatic, Kind of funny, handsome-looking guy. You can tell why he got the gig. He's got a little bit of personality, a little bit of flair. Watch Shepard Smith on Fox, okay? I challenge you to see him get through one story without fumbling. Just listen to his words. He's constantly saying things wrong, reading things wrong, pronouncing things wrong. In fact, forget about a segment. I would say about every second to third sentence out of his mouth, he flubs. And I'm not even exaggerating. Please check it out. There's another young guy on CNN. I can't remember his name because I don't. Well, I can't watch him. He's a young black guy. Looks a little bit like Obama a little bit. He's kind of... Uh, you know, young, good-looking kid, and he's horrible. I don't know how he has the job since every time I see him, this guy messes up. And he's one of these guys that kind of sings his way through it. He goes, today at the White House, there was someone upside down on the front. Oh, wait, someone was inside the White House today. You know, he, he kind of does a little... You know, I don't know what a little, uh, like, tonally uh, tone dance, verbal tone dance, and tries to get out of it, but it's glaringly obvious how, how inept he is at reading. I don't know how it has a job. There's another one on Fox, Jane Skinner, who's much better but still makes her fair share of mistakes. 
And it just turns me off. It makes me not want to watch them. Makes them sound unintelligent. And, you know, how hard is it to read off a teleprompter? For those of you that have never looked in a teleprompter, it's like a sheet of glass. And all, all the things you have to read are spelt out by computer in really big letters. Really, really big letters. And basically, some guy in the booth just scrolls what you have to read across this glass. So you're staring right into the camera, and you're reading off glass that's moving for you. You don't even have to, like, move your head. Everything just rolls by your eyes. So all you have to do is go... Today, in southern France, somebody jumped out of their boat and fell in the water and died. They paddled and paddled, but they were dead. So that, You know what I mean? So it's like you just read. So there you go. That's my, that's my beef. That's my roast a beef for today. And as always, I always uh, try to enunciate here for you at the Harland Highway and do a good job. And speaking of uh, communicating, let me communicate this to you, my friends. Um, I will be doing stand-up comedy in uh, Tampa, Florida this weekend. The 19th, the 20th, the 21st. Tampa, Florida, the Improv Comedy Club. Check me out, or if you don't live there, tell friends that do live there. Um, You can go to harlanwilliams.com, check my stand-up schedule for tickets and showtimes. And then don't forget, April 2nd, I will be in Anderson, Indiana at the Paramount Theater. Gorgeous theater. Oh, my God. Going to have a killer show. And then uh, April 3rd, Saturday night, we'll be in uh, Columbus, Ohio at the Southern Theater, another gorgeous theater. So get there and enjoy, man. It's going to be good. And for now, I will close by wishing each and every one of you, whether you're Irish or any other nationality, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Uh, Have a glass of green beer. And um, whatever you do, don't go and pee in the Incredible Hulk's garden. Till next time, everybody, I'm Harlan Williams. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Harlan Highway. And we'll see you soon. Till then, chicken chow main, baby. Shiver me timbers, furly glorkly, storkly florkly. Why roll me over in a four-leaf clover? Shlorkly, florkly, clorkly, clorkly.